Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. Nurse Heather brings her eternal optimism and professional expertise to the stories of the day, discussing current topics and events, making life's lemons into sweet lemonade, and sharing a tall glass with guests, friends, and her listeners. CannabisRadio.com is happy to present Good News with Nurse Heather, the show infused with compassion and love. From high atop Mount Soledad in beautiful San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, my friends. This is Good News with Nurse Heather. Hi, Nurse Heather. Hello, hello, Kenny. Boy, we have so much to talk about today. And uh, the first thing that I'd like to say is that this is election week here in the wonderful U.S. of A. And um, we had a very clear winner, and that was cannabis and plant medicine. Yes, we did. It's uh, 4.20 every day. <laughs> and uh, I, I know that you've got a list of what happened because it was so exciting and there were so many things that happened in all these different states. How about you catch us up a little bit, Kenny? Kenny? Happy to do so. All of our beautiful listeners who are in the United States of America and close by in, say, Canada, Mexico, they probably already know about our U.S. elections and I'm sure even other parts of the world. But Tuesday, November 3rd, was the presidential election, among many other elections that occur throughout all 50 states and in our territories as well. And many of those had voter initiatives that included legalization of some kind of cannabis. And it wasn't just cannabis, Kenny. I, I know that psilocybin mushrooms, they made a big win in 2020 also. Yes, we did. Uh, let me tell you first about the cannabis and then I'll give you the little rundown on psilocybin, if that's all right. First things first. In Arizona, the voters passed a adult uh, approved cannabis program, and they did the same in Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota, which South Dakota had nothing before, and they added both an adult and a medical cannabis program. Mississippi passed their Proposition 65. We kind of know that one a little better because one of our guests before had actually advocated for that, but Prop 65 or Initiative 65 passed in Mississippi. Well, butter my biscuits. Yes, sirree. And Oregon passed psilocybin therapy. And Oregon also decriminalized all drugs. And Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, decriminalized natural psychedelics. And so those were super interesting because the psilocybin or magic mushrooms or basically what synthetic LSD is. Um, no. Yeah. Not synthetic LSD. It's not a natural plant medicine, you silly goose. Well, no, but some people <laughs> know LSD and they remember Timothy Leary, or maybe they're not as old as I am and they don't remember any of that. But I'm, I'm just keeping it straight, Kenny. That's You got to keep your psychedelics in, in the right compartments, right. correct? But if they know LSD, <laughs> then they'll understand that magic mushrooms and psilocybin are the basic organic um, products that produce the same effects. Similar effects, but I'm with you. I hear right, you. I mean, we're, we're, I, you know, it's election week. We're all here to debate a little bit. So, Ouch, you, Heather, you're, <laughs> you know, this is your show. Maybe I should let you take it over. <laughs> no, Kitty, I need you here. I need you here. You're 
You're the you're the sound mind of good news. Well, you're the original, and so I'll let you get into the health benefits of it. But on the legal side of things, which is kind of more my ballywick, since I've been a lawyer for 40 years and a specialist in cannabis, um, what I'm here to say is that the interesting thing about the election is the fact that a state, the state of Oregon, had approved decriminalization of psilocybin. And that had been done at local levels, like in Denver and in Santa Cruz and Oakland. And some of those areas had, had done that on a local level. But this is the first that's been done on the statewide level, which kind of leads into the whole discussion about the extent to which you can develop a program like we did with cannabis once you have a state law. Because obviously psilocybin, if our listeners didn't know this, is still a scheduled narcotic drug and is obviously pro prohibited by the, uh, the CSC. And it's amazing because the fact that Oregon has now legalized psilocybin for the use of therapy is really going to be amazing for research and mental health because we're finding that psilocybin can be so beneficial for mental health, including depression and anxiety, end of life concerns. And so this will be a wonderful opportunity for another plant medicine to get the rightful um, attention that it deserves in the place of medicine. Well, more on that later. I guess I should introduce an amazing guest that we have today. Well, speaking of psilocybin in places where it's decriminalized, Ann Arbor, Michigan also had decriminalized psilocybin. And our guest today just so happens to be from Michigan. I wish I was in Michigan. And I wish again, I was in Michigan. <laughs> yes, our Gage Amsler is our, our doc Gage Amsler has served in the US military recon LAV unit as a firefighter and paramedic and as a high threat security contractor and combat medic for seven years of war. He found salvation and he lost loved ones. He now lives in Michigan where after returning home from war, he wrote his true story book entitled The Strains of War and has also become a strong advocate for the health and welfare of US military veterans and anyone suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as the use of cannabis for medical treatment and beyond. And I know that I have a soft spot in my heart for mm. our nation's heroes and, and our military veterans. And I know you have a soft spot as well. And so it's with great pleasure that we introduce you today, Doc. Thank you for being here. Oh, good to see you guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk and, uh, um, and to meet you guys again. And, uh, I just want to say uh, congratulations to drugs for winning the drugs on uh, the war on drugs. So I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for, for everyone. And, um, it, you know, just like you said about LSD, even though it's synthetic, one of the, uh, uh, the reasons why, um, you know, the people are, or the guy, whoever, you know, is making it illegal is because these are the type of substances that help us open our third eye. And it makes us question culture. And as soon as we start questioning our culture, that's what uh, uh, um, Terrence McKenna would say all the time. And I quote him that always question culture, because if you're questioning culture, you're questioning the way the, the, that we've been pushed into and in the, in the norm. And maybe the norm is not the way to go. And uh, that's what it's all about is really opening up our mind and, and, uh, and, and questioning things. And I think that's the reason why um, uh, people are jumping on board on psilocybin uh, and uh, DMT and uh, LSD as well for for that uh, type of therapy. So I, I'm, I'm very, very happy that we're going in this direction better late than never. 
Well, and you were a speaker with us, Gage, during the um, conference that we did, our Cannabis Nurses Network Conference 2020, A Revolution in Healthcare. And during that conference, we had people that were talking about the uh, psilocybin initiatives, and we had um, healers that were traditional healers talking about plant medicine. And you were also a speaker and you spoke about your, uh, your, the title of your presentation was actually the title of your book, which was The Strains of War. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about your book and why you wrote it. Yeah, uh, wow. Yeah, it's, um, you know, one of the things is uh, I, I spent a lot of time away from my daughter. I have one daughter and, and she grew up um, pretty much uh, the entire time I was gone. And I wrote the book, uh, part of it was for her, but also, um, you know, I learned uh, when I, I, you know, I, was a, I grew up uh, in California, actually, I grew up mostly in San Diego, and, uh, and I ended up uh, moving to Michigan uh, after uh, the military to go to school, and I ended up, uh, uh, you know, get, becoming a paramedic, and I became a firefighter, that was during 9-11, um, and then being, having that patriotic bone in me, I wanted to do something for our troops and I couldn't go back in the military. So I ended up going back into contracting and working with the department of state department of defense and in support of that, um, uh, under a secret security clearance. And I did that for, like I said, I did four years in Iraq and uh, came back home into Michigan in the 2008 ish era is when we first went medicinal, uh, legally medicinal here. And, uh, a friend of mine introduced me to, uh, cannabis and, and kind of gave me the, you know, it was kind of an older hippie kind of guy and, and kind of gave me the idea that, you know, that, uh, what we all are starting to understand today is this is medicine. This truly is therapy. This is this more than it's just, you know, the basic, you know, getting high, there's more to it. And even that, you know, he explained to me that, you know, if you use anything to make you feel better and the, and it has, and there, and it doesn't hurt you at all, then it, it's medicine. And, and I, I woke myself up to it and he gave me a book uh, by Jorge Cervantes. Uh, it was the, the growing, uh, the Mar uh, growing marijuana Bible. And I read that from book to cover to cover a couple times. And, and then I started to research, do my own research into, into the history of cannabis and realized um, the true benefit of it and how much we've been lied to and how much the, um, you know, that when, then it was, when it was taken away from us, the, you know, how things started to decline, how our health started to decline and our mental state started to get worse. And I was like, wait a minute, there's a connection here. And, and I woke myself, I kind of consider myself kind of waking up to that. And, um, and I start, and I learned how to grow, and I learned how to uh, take care of patients, and uh, and I and I went that route. It was awesome. Um, and then I decided to end up going back overseas again, and I did another almost four years in Afghanistan. Uh, and with knowing what Engage, everything before, I did before, before we finish this amazing story, <clears throat> we can take a short break for our dear listeners to hear the sponsors who help support our program. We'll be back in just a minute with our very special guest, Doc Gage Amsler. Good News with Nurse Heather will return, but first, let's show some love to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back, beautiful listeners. Gage, you were telling us about uh, getting ready to return back uh, after your first service of four years in Iraq, I believe. And please fill us in from there. Uh, thank you. The, so I ended up, um, and when I went overseas, I was a combat medic and, uh, um, and a, a shooter, I guess you would call it. Um, so after four years of Iraq, I, I you know, I seen a, a good share of, um, of loss and, and misfortune and, uh, you know, what, uh, um, what genocide and what third world war really looks like. And, um, so I was kind of getting into that PTSD era, uh, learned everything I could about medicine. Like I said, when I was home about the cannabis, woke myself up, went back to Afghanistan for another almost four years. And with knowing what I knew about cannabis and talking to my team, I was on a task force called uh, task force dragon slayer. And we ended up, um, uh, and close to my, uh, after about three years in Afghanistan, we were working with the Department of State uh, and with the uh, Army Corps of Engineers and helping them uh, develop foreign operating bases at the mouth of the Taliban trail on the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan. Um, it was just a four-man team, and that was it. We were in support of that, and we were we were very, we were hand-chosen to, to do this mission, and it was amazing. And um, and when we were up in the mountains, it was uh, the second week in November 2012, and uh, my buddy Mike uh, ended up coming across some uh, some plants being grown up in uh, in the mountains there at about 8,000 feet, which you don't see that. Um, and when we came across it, I realized like it was kind of that Titanic on the front of Titanic epiphany, and I was like, wait a minute, this is this is like a, a, a divine intervention or luck, whatever you want to call it. And and I thought this this is isn't supposed to be here. What's going on? So I, I uh, procured a few of those plants. Um, I even left a medic bag in, in behind um, just to, to whoever might have been say thank you because um, they were it was just a few plants and um, and those tribes that there don't grow that just because I mean it's medicine to them it always has been for for as long as we can even even know of so I ended up finding a way to bring these uh, this genetics back home um, knowing that this could be the cure to cancer it could be a cure to something else it could be a cure. Uh, for for my uh, mental illness or for for what I was diagnosed with, and after being blown up a few times, my neck and my back being ruined and my head not being on straight, I came home and uh, decided to um, uh, to develop these genetics and uh, and to write a book about it and 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 kind of journey, kind of uh, follow my own way and 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 uh, ascribe to my own journey uh, going through this and 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 how I was helping myself with therapy. I was on opioids. I was in psych meds. And, uh, and I was uh, just unhealthy from top to bottom inside and out. Uh, didn't, I was like a zombie. And the more I was growing these genetics and using it, and I was medicating myself. As a medic, I thought I could, I could do that and take care of it. And as I medicated myself, I started to wean myself off of opioids and off of pain meds and then off of my psych meds. And, I, and, I, and it took me three years to do that. And when I finally did, I realized, wow, I did all that and I'm healthier than I've ever been in my life. And, and that's when, and during that time, uh, I also wrote my book, The Strains of War, 
um, uh, and, and isolated myself, uh, up in the thumb of Michigan and, and wrote it by myself, living by myself and thought, this is what I can do to, to fit, uh, to help, help myself. And then I realized, um, I want, I want this for others. I want this to be for other veterans and for, for, uh, uh, for anybody else who I could help with. And, and so I'm kind of on that journey of, of doing, uh, doing what I think is best with the genetics and developing them and, and, uh, and supporting it with other veterans and giving that, that medicine out to them and giving them clones of the genetics and, uh, and hybrids of the genetics that I've, that I've developed to, uh, to help them with whatever symptoms they have. And I've learned that, that you have to, it's, it's your body's like a science project. So you kind of have to figure out what works best for you and having someone that's already knows about cannabis and knows about the signs and symptoms and, and how to, how to, um, how to address that with certain strains. I, I learned that on my own. And with that knowledge, I've helped many other people along the way to find what works best for them and how to titrate that for themselves and maybe even get them off of their own medications, which I've seen over and over again. And it's just a success story, one, one right after another. And it's been an amazing journey. You know, Gage, I, I know your story a little bit, and I just find it fascinating that you were able to um, find these land race strains, literally, uh, you know, Afghan Kush in the Kush mountains of Afghanistan. And I guess my question is, I know that um, you had said that when you got back to your camp, that you and your uh, cohorts there had gone ahead and, and used a little bit of that cannabis. Could you give our listeners a little overview of how that experience went and how that medicine really did work for you? Yeah, that really was the, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's the epiphany of my entire story, really, is that was the turning point of my, um, of, of, of really what made me risk everything. I mean, I risked everything to, to bring this back. And when we found, when I found that medicine, I brought it back on base, you know, I snuck it back on base. Um, you know, my team leader was going crazy, Mike, um, on my team. And he's like telling me, you know, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this. I'm like, listen, you have no idea what we, what we found. I mean, this doesn't happen. This is amazing, you know? And, and so we, I ended up separating the males and the females. I spent two weeks picking seeds out of the, out of the, out of the males. And, um, and then one day, you know, after, you know, after us going through many, many horror stories and losing family and, and divorces and, and watching our kids grow up through Skype and email, and we were all just haggard. We all been hurt, blown up, shot at. Um, and it was, it was a pretty rough time, you know, in that, in that year. And, uh, so one winter there's about three feet of snow outside and we decided to, we said, you know what, forget it. You know, we're going to, let's try it. Let's, you know, let's, let's smoke a little. So we ended up going to the chow hall got a uh, granny apple, cored it out, made a little tiny apple bong out of it. And uh, we tried to smoke as much as we could through it without trying to eat it because <laughs> we had swallowed half of it. But uh, we, we did. And uh, we went back in our hooch. And, you know, where else it was me, my buddy, Matt and Mike. Mike's laying on the bed. Matt, he's all bow-legged because his legs are all shot up. His knees are terrible. He's sitting in a chair. And he um, and after about 15 minutes, um, you know, we're just kind of sitting there a little silent, you know, kind of taking it in and my buddy Matt goes to stand up and he slips out of the chair and falls on the floor. And I, I look at him, I says, Matt, are you okay? And Matt's got this giant beard and this deep, you know, Southern accent. And he looks up at me with this biggest smile on his face. And he's like, he's like, doc, he's like, I can't feel my legs. And I'm like, what? And I thought for a second, I'm like, wait, is that a bad thing? And he's like, dude, he's like, I feel amazing. And he was just, and I haven't seen a guy smile like that in a long time. And I was like, that's, and then I look over at Mike and he's laying on the bed and he's like, He's like, man, he goes, I feel like I'm floating on the air right now. And I was like, what? And then it just hit me. And it went from my toes 
all the way up my body, up to my head and even into my tongue. And my tongue kind of got a little numb and it just all hit me. And my, my back pain was gone and my neck pain was gone. And, and the, and, and, and everything, all the missions and all the horror and everything else. And, and, and just, just everything in the past just didn't matter. Cause we carry that like baggage and it just didn't matter. Like, I mean, it's not like you forget it, but it just, it didn't hurt. And the mission that we had the next day or the next, you know, couple days and, and all that, and what we had to look forward to then that didn't matter either. We were kind of like in the, in the moment and, and, and it's kind of like that Zen, that Buddhist Zen where it's like what the being truly in the moment is what matters most. And that's what we were at is in the moment. And we laughed for hours and just had that we forgot where we were and we just had the best time together and, and it was therapeutic and we connected even more than we ever connected. And, and, and our pain, and we talked about it, our, my legs don't hurt, my knees don't hurt, you know, and it was just an amazing, amazing moment doing that in the Afghan mountains, smoking Afghan Kush that we found. And it was an absolutely bonding moment I'll never forget in my life. And I thought to myself, looking at my buddies, smiling and enjoying themselves for once in a long time, if this isn't medicine, then I don't know what is. Right, and about the and same I, time, you know, Nurse Heather, sweet little Nurse Heather in little Northwest New Mexico in the Farmington area was helping treat her patients who were veterans and who suffered from PTSD and many other conditions. And she was helping them using medical cannabis, getting them enrolled in the state program and finding those same amazing results. Later on, of course, Israeli researchers would tell us that that's really, you know, the place, the hippocampus, that part of the brain, which is really where the PTSD occurs, that it's fundamentally regulated by the endocannabinoid system. Did I get that right, Nurse Heather? You did, Kenny. And it's, uh, like I said, I've got a soft spot in my heart for veterans. Absolutely. Specifically those like yourself who um, have served so selflessly and have come back with wounds seen and unseen. And it's just amazing what this plant can do. And boy, what I would give to be able to, you know, have an experience like that of, um, in, you know, enjoying the Afghan Kush from the Kush Mountains. It just seems like um, a once in a lifetime opportunity. Well, Doc, we're going to take another short break to say hello to our sponsors and give them some love. And we'll be back in just a minute with Good News with Nurse Heather. Good News with Nurse Heather will return. But first, let's show some love to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Nurse Heather is back to spread some more good news, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back, beautiful listeners, with our very special guest, Doc Gage Amsler, and, uh, of course, our hostess with the mostest, Nurse Heather. And we've just finished talking about his amazing journey, Doc's amazing journey, uh, through his service, selfless service to America, 
uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan and his experience and coming through his experience with cannabis and that Afghan Kush. Yeah, Gage. So we we know that you had these wonderful experiences that you then realized that you had an amazing medicine on your hands that you had to preserve. Um, and, and you now are working with those with that strain, with that land race genetics that you had brought back. What are you up to now? Can you give us a little bit of your good news of what's happening currently? You know, it's, uh, I, I have tried to, uh, I've looked at different opportunities to maybe work with, uh, with other, um, you know, uh, other growers or other breeders to see maybe, because again, you know, I'm brand new at this and maybe to work with someone else that um, that I could work, you know, that it could help me, um, even develop research and develop these strains even more. But, um, it just seemed like, you know, nobody was really, uh, um, that I, I just didn't have the opportunity. Um, you know, I thought that maybe I would, but it never came my way. I never, uh, never had anybody that really wanted to, uh, to work with me that I felt comfortable enough with. So I've been doing everything on my own. I've been researching this amount. I've been growing them. Uh, uh, you know, the seeds that I brought back, I have many more uh, seeds with, uh, that I, that I'm, uh, hanging on to, but, um, I've developed them and growing them and I found certain strains to uh, mix them with or make hybrids with to, uh, to develop either high CBD or, uh, or, or 50, 50 or whatever. And I have several, several different strains now that I haven't even named yet that, uh, that all, all I've been doing is say, Hey, you know, you have these type of symptoms or this type of, uh, uh, whatever going on mentally, physically, you know, here, try this, you know, and I'll uh, give it to some veterans. And then I get feedback and I document that. And that's what I've been doing so far is just research and development and, uh, and just kind of keeping it local. And that's uh, so far, that's what I've done with these amazing genetics is just keep it local and, uh, and kind of just doing it uh, on my own. And that's kind of where I've been. Um, so uh, I've never really ventured out any further than that. Um, if the opportunity presented itself, I would love to talk to somebody about maybe working closer with seeing what we could do with these. But for right now, it's just kind of staying local and I'm just doing everything on my own. But the people that I've touched with this, the people that I've offered this to um, are, are true patients of mine and people that I trust to give me information back. And, and, and just like a good medic, I've been keeping research uh, and uh, documentation on all this. And um, so far, uh, it's, it's, it's just an amazing feeling to see what, what I've done just for the people that I've, I've been working with. And, um, it's so far, that's just a, a journey that's, um, that I'll never stop till the day I die to uh, continue doing that. And, and I do it all, uh, for no, for, for no, nothing back. I'm doing it because this is what the right thing to do is. Uh, and it's just, that's, this is the part of me that I think is the right thing to do. And that's where I'm at today, but I'm still developing genetics. Maybe one day with one of the Michigan uh, cannabis cups, maybe I'll, uh, I'll enter it in uh, one of my strains in the cannabis cup, maybe to get a name for it um, and uh, maybe move from there. But right now it's, um, I ha it's all just local and that's as far as it's gone. You're, you're always welcome out here in San Diego and you may not know this, but Nurse Heather is herself very gifted is when it comes to horticulture and with a cannabis plant. She's gifted at doing everything from growing it to making it into medicine and to helping people. So if you ever have a desire to come back, at least for a visit in San Diego, then we'd love to host you. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I will have a plan to come out to California someday. I've always wanted to, and I'm sure it'll happen. Uh, it's wonderful. So Gage, I know that you have your book, The Strains of War, that it's available, I believe, on Amazon. Um, if any of our listeners would like to access that book, could you tell them a little bit more about how to do so? 
Um, yeah, I just uh, I go to Amazon. It's I made it as it, there's a, the lowest price I can make it on Amazon. That what they would allow me to do is what I did. I mean, I think even on Kindle it might even be free. Um, but uh, it's you could just go look up the Strains of War and just type in my last name Amsler A M S L E R. It'll pop right up, and, uh, and you'll find it there. That's wonderful. We are so grateful to you for all that you've done and for um, you know keeping your your heart and your mind um, pure in your intentions as you've done this. What uh, in, in our last little bit of time here together, maybe you can share with our listeners what your goal for the future is and how you see cannabis helping with veterans in the future with their mental health care. It seems like veterans have always been the forefront of this of this push. You know, they, it seems like um, that they they're the ones that had the power to to really push this this uh, this you know the, the change in the movement. You know, and and it seems better people always listen to veterans, and I wish that people would continue to listen to them um, because they're the ones that went through it. They're the ones that are suffering, and they're the ones that are saying this medicine works. And I, hopefully that that continues. And and I'll always uh, uh, advocate for it as well. I see that. You know, we still have some areas like what happened to, to that uh, school dean in Florida recently. Uh, he lost his job because he was a combat veteran and he lost his job because he had cannabis in his system. Uh, that that has to go away. You know, we have to change our culture. We have to change our mindset. We have to allow people to be able to explore their own uh, uh, health and wellness, you know, with what they feel is best for them and uh, and not let it be regulated by people that really don't understand. And I think that hopefully maybe the, my 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 biggest uh, uh, wish is that the VA would change their stance on it and actually allow veterans to use it, not condemn them for it um, uh, the way that they have in the past and to even open it up even more. I know they're starting to be a little accepting of it, but they need to get to the point where uh, where veterans could actually access it or even have it uh, a part as a prescription uh, uh, regimen uh, to to use cannabis and uh, to for them to even help them find what works best for them and help them regulate it and we'll find what works best for them. There's so much more opportunity uh, for programs to be developed to do that. And I think that if the VA would jump on board with that um, and uh, uh, I think that that would be a huge, huge uh, win, uh, not just for, for. We're with you, brother. We're, we've been advocating this for a long time and we'll keep working on it. Uh, Beautiful listeners. It's been just a pleasure having uh, uh, doc, Amsler as our guest today. Thank you again for your service. Uh, This has been a great program with good news with Nurse Heather. We want to thank all of our sponsors. You can catch our show on CannabisRadio.com, Amazon Music, Apple, Facebook, Stitcher, iHeart.com, and any place where quality programming is available. See you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.